What up, what up, what up? Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Petty Herbalist Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's your girl, Karina. And it's your bae, Asia. And we are here for another delicious episode. Um, This week, we are going to be going deep with Karina Disrosis. Um, so excited. We've been prepping this interview and, uh, we're excited for you to hear it. So I guess we can start off, um, with what's in our medicine bags. What, what's in your medicine bag, Bay? Hey, I thought you'd never ask. Um, <laughs> in my medicine bag, um, today... You know, I took some ibuprofen, you know, um, I also took some mother work because I was having um, really bad cramps and um, yeah, mother work wasn't doing the things. And so I had to decide, you know what, pain, <laughs> I'm not doing this pain. I want sleep. So uh, I had to go holler at my girl ibuprofen took Mm -hmm. that um took a few more drops of motherwort and I was able to go back to sleep so it was nice um I was glad that I made the decision to yeah to choose that pain wasn't a virtue and suffering wasn't a virtue um that I was gonna go to sleep that I deserve sleep and I didn't have to tough it out so uh yeah, shout out to uh, the pharmaceutical medicine of the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, and shout out to you for your discernment and knowing when to escalate care. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to like fully um, acknowledge the the way that you walk in the world, choosing not to make enemy, choosing not to make wrong, but allowing yourself to access all of the things that are available to have your well-being. So I applaud your work and your choice to, to ally with the, you know, pharmaceutical base. You know, Queen Ibuprofen has her place. Metaminophen <laughs> has her place also. And those <laughs> two are firmly in my medicine bag, like physically, like with my herbs too. Because listen, like you said, um, using that discernment when to escalate care is really important. Mm, thank you for that. Yeah, babe, what's in your medicine bag today? Ooh, we job. <laughs> <laughs> I am allying with bone broth. Um, I discovered in um moving into deeper relationship with my grandmother that all the foods that she prepared for me as a child had a basis in bone broth so rather that was like neck bones or collard greens or whatever it was it was always a gelatinous broth um and so I've added that to my diet on a daily basis I have it for breakfast and it's a deepening of our earlier exploration of water um, you know, cause y'all still drink too much water. Oh, really? 
Y'all really do. And Karina and I suggested that you put some minerals and some herbs in that water. Mm -hmm. Um, And another way to structure water and to help it hydrate us better is to add bones to that water, to literally structure the water. And so that it can move into our cells more easily. And so working with my bone broth, (laughs) Uh, and it's a great way to to be in touch with what's always been true for me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh, that felt good. Um, yeah, I'm just reflecting on you saying that like bone broths have been a part of like all of our foods. And I was like, yeah, I mean, all, but many of our foods growing up, it's like, yeah, come to think of it. Sometimes people will put bone broth in their rice. Mm. It really hits because it like think about it people use the bouillon cubes a lot yes easily substitute that <laughs> like, even so with bouillon cubes it's still broth it's still broth and the history of bouillon cubes is that they were originally dehydrated soup. So bouillon cubes used to actually be bone broth that they, uh, that they dehydrated and then they dropped the bones from it and just left the sodium and the flavor. But when our, you know, when all the Browns across the world are sprinkling the Maggie cube, it's because the Maggie cube used to have gelatin used to have bone broth in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, just reflecting on our traditions, our food traditions. Mm. Beautiful. And you going back. Mm. Yeah, boo, thanks for sharing that. And thanks for allying with your grandma in this this new ministry that you (laughs) (laughs) always been doing. You connecting with your grandma now and informing your work to be done in the future is beautiful thank you okay <laughs> um so what i'm excited for is is this interview <laughs> so karina hood hoodrina that's me <laughs> mm, can you share with the people the story behind the petty herbalist podcast yeah okay so I'll start with the petty herbalist and then move that into the podcast so wow me and Asia we've been talking about podcasts for years I mean (laughs) um, we talked about it and then there was a contest that we're thinking about applying and we really decided that we wanted to go in the direction of a specific podcast, but talking about themes of our lives that really, really mattered. Um, And we also uh, wanted to bring in Asia's other best friend, Tammy. Shout out to Tammy. Shout out. But uh, yeah, we didn't end up um, winning that contest. Um, and then, so we, we still wanted to pursue it, um, but we kind of mm, 
didn't go through with it. Um, and then another contest came up and then we were really gonna go in on it. Um, that didn't turn out, but um, as we were having conversations about it, um, as y'all know, your girl Asia has Bones, Bugs and Botany. That's her brand. That's um, how she does her life work, herbalism and making things for y'all. Um, and she was like, what's your brand? And I was like, Ooh. I mean, you know, I'm at Hydrina. <laughs> I'd be out here just being funny, but, you know, I don't really have a brand. And then Asia randomly thought of, she'd be like, she said, wouldn't it be funny if you were the petty herbalist? And I was like, oh, perfect, yes. And so I proceeded to um, get the handle Petty Herbalist on all the platforms. And um, yeah, I really took it on. And so um, I went to a doula training uh, a couple years ago now with birth, birth workers of color. Shout out. That <laughs> <laughs> Asia put me on to. Um, and um, although I wasn't practicing, doula work um, I was still connected to the community and um, they happened to get a bunch of grant money that they wanted to make available to anyone who was in the collective who um, took the training and so I really wanted to build Petty Herbalist and so um, I felt like I could really use some funding so um, I decided I wanted Petty Herbalist to just be my creative outlet to be able to share with the people out here um, my journey with herbs and medicine and whatnot. And um, it would be mainly um, Instagram. And also I wanted to attach a Patreon so that I can um, go further and share things with people like goods or what have you. So did that and then um it was real cute for a while I loved it I love creating content and sharing it with people but then I hit a wall multiple walls but mainly um I felt like I was just a content creator I didn't feel like I was really in a community I didn't feel like it was back and forth I just felt like I was producing and um yeah, I went to Asia, I was drained. And I was like, Asia, I don't, I don't understand. I'm a self-motivated person. And like, usually I can just get this work done, but I, I just, I can't do it. And Asia was like, you're not self-motivated. You're community motivated. I was like, Ooh, that's real. That's why I'm, I haven't been inspired. And so yeah, Asia said that she wanted to be a petty herbalist too. Like she's really inspired by petty herbalists and that we should do the podcast as petty herbalists. And I was like, oh, wow, it changed everything. And so, <laughs> like immediately I became motivated and excited. And so here we are on the ninth episode <laughs> of Petty Herbalist just here sharing our love with y'all um 
the dynamics of our relationship and our journeys um, with herbalism and food and whatnot. So here we are. <laughs> yes, here we are. Um, I noticed that the questions that you sent were about like other things, but I'm I'm gonna go off script and Ooh. I I want you to uh, I want you to share with the people why doula training. I want where where's your heart at in in the medicine ways can you maybe share with us like where your core is and also I'm curious about your your medicine lineage and the ancestors who brought you here yeah for sure um so uh, years ago I happened to be working at a school in the Dominican Republic an international school and I also worked at a um, ministry called Young Life Um, it's essentially like a Christian organization that does like mentoring for youth um, in particular for me high school age kids and um, yeah so as I was working at the school um, someone approached me to be a chaperone on a medical mission trip and of course I said, yeah, I'd love a week off of work and <laughs> <laughs> love to hang out with um, some of the high school girls who I was mentoring, who were translators for the English speaking doctors um, with the community. So yeah, we went on the trip and it was really transformative for me to see um, doctors really caring for communities. Um, at that point or before that, I hated doctors. Um, I, in particular, had a bad experience with an OBGYN who, when I um, went for a pap smear, she pretty much rushed everything because I wasn't a pregnant person. And so for her, she didn't feel like it was worth, I was worth her time. So um, yeah, I had not really seen doctors actually care for people. And on this um, particular uh, medical mission, this organization had been coming to the same community for about 20 years. I think it was 20 to 25 years. And so they had established a deep relationship with their community. And it was cool to see like the fact that people knew the doctor's names. They asked them about their families. They would bring them things like it was crazy to me. And I was like, wow, doctors could have a heart. It, yeah, it was amazing for me to see. And so um, went back to school and um, I had worked with the, um, or I'd worked closely with the guidance counselor because she was a really close friend of mine. And so she was looking for medical schools for some of the um, high school girls. And um, I happened to be looking too. I'm like, let me help you out, girl. And I found this medical school in Cuba that was amazing. It's one of the largest medical schools in the world and um, tuition, everything is free. Um, the only stipulation is that you go back home and serve um, an underprivileged community. And um, I thought it was amazing. I was telling everyone about it, including Asia. And Asia was like, sounds like you love it so much. You should become a doctor. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> not me. I'm not smart enough. She was like, you absolutely are. Long story short, uh, I did some soul searching and decided maybe I should do this. Maybe I am into it. And so 
um, yeah, started taking classes or came back to the United States. I came back, started taking classes, all the things. It was great. And then next thing you know, I started finding out about my lineage, as Asia said. Um, I found out that um, my grandpa, who is from the Dominican Republic, his parents are from Haiti. And um, his mom was like the local medicine woman um, in her village. And she had been like making tinctures and stuff for people. And then on my mom's side, who is from Guatemala, her um, or my great grandma, she uh, was um, involved in what they call witchcraft. <laughs> La brujería. She was into brujería and curanderismo and all that. And so I never really knew what she did medicine wise, like in particular, like unlike on my um, grandpa's side where my great great grandmother like did tinctures and stuff. Like they just said she was a witch and she was doing brujería and all that. So I'm like, I can extrapolate what was going on over there <laughs> but um yeah so I was like oh this makes sense why I'm doing this and also my sister without even like finding out about our lineage like she like discovered that she indeed is a witch and um yeah just really firmly into that and it's cool how we had a conversation about that and I explained to her about our lineage so it's really cool um but yeah Anyway, so um, yeah, a couple years ago, Asia told me about the Birth Workers of Color Collective and their doula training. And um, I happened to want to check it out because I'm like, hey, I, um, after doing some research, I decided I wanted to become an OBGYN. I was um, particularly inspired by um, this Black woman doctor um, who decided she wanted to be an OBGYN because. Um, it was a unique point in time, like um, dealing with a pregnant woman, that she could receive all the medical care that she needed if she didn't have um, health insurance. So this was a time you just get it all in. Um, so I thought, wow, that's really inspiring. I would love to do something like that. Also, I'm really interested in sexual health and all that too. So anyways, I thought doula training would be great to find out what doulas do and how they can be important to um, a medical practice or an OBGYN practice. So yeah, I took the training and uh, it was a lot. It uh, was a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, because I realized that being a doula is spiritual work. Um, there is a lot of labor involved, um, underpaid labor for the most part. Um, but um, yeah, it was a deeply spiritual practice in, in which you are really serving another person in a way that they need. And I decided this work isn't for me, but I'm so glad that I took the training. And so I decided to still be a part of the community because I figure like doula work is really important. And I learned a lot on how to doula myself and stuff. So um that's kind of how I got into that um and 
yeah, birth workers of color, they came through for me with petty herbalists because they don't just want to support doulas, but they want to support all kinds of practitioners who are doing work to support um, birthing people. So Mm. yeah. And also they changed my language around birthing, birth work and all that kind of thing, just to be more inclusive. So that was great too. Yes. Hmm. I'm reflecting on um, where the times are, right? The the idea that we can talk about our spiritual path in public mm-hmm. and that like your grandmother was probably prosecuted and like pushed out of the family for her practice. Um, and it kind of speaks to the times where we are. Um, uh, yeah. Just going to say... Um, instead of pushing her out of the family, they all became Christian in quotations. So they turned what she did in the past into like, that was her past, her like unchristian path kind of thing. Mm. And so they like belittled what she did. Mm. Yeah. It's like she took on this new tradition and like shunned the old ways. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of the black church ladies who like turned the old ways into the church ways <laughs> and was still, you know, doing their work, but it was like from the yeah. church and with Jesus and, you know, like they're like, oh, we gonna we gonna mix it all together. You ain't gonna be able to tell what is what. Exactly, which I love that magic. That, <laughs> that's cool. Um. Speaking of doulaing, um, are there any projects that you are bringing forward these days? What are you up to? <laughs> Y'all, the amount of things that I'm always up to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I call a bunch of things that I'm working on petty enterprises. And I have like a million accounts that a lot of y'all don't know about because <laughs> I haven't been ready to release them. So um, I think that instead of more projects that are not well-developed, I really want to spend time focusing on growing the podcast. Mm. Um, and by growth, I mean, I just want to provide just more access to this information because this podcast isn't for everyone but I do want to find those people who are going to vibe with this who are going to be weekly listeners who are really going to like live off of this work and who want to partner with us interview with us like that kind of thing so yeah I want to dedicate time to yeah just just making it more available um yeah, that's the biggest thing. Also, I want to do more writing. Um, I haven't <laughs> done a lot of writing because I still have a lot of trauma around writing deadlines <laughs> from <laughs> growing up in our school system. And so I'm working through that, but I am a monthly writer on one of my friend's blogs. So that's really cool. But I would love to do that. And um, I would like to do more things on Patreon. 
Um, I'd like to share more things. Like I shared my recipe for bread recently. I made it. <laughs> made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to do more things like that. But um, as far as my other projects, you'll just have to see them unfurl when they pop up. <laughs> I, love but I would it. like to do more things with my hands. So I'm a crafty girl. So be prepared for those kind of things to come out. <laughs> <laughs> and how can we support you as, as your community, as your fan base, um, <laughs> as your people? What do you need, Bay? Um, I would just say just keep liking, keep sharing, um, keep providing feedback to us. Um that's really important that's what you could do for free um just shout out to y'all listeners who have literally listened to every episode y'all are really holding it down and I just really appreciate that um as far as like investment of resources um patreon hey get on that patreon like help us fund this podcast um help this fund our life because Asia and I have a lot of work that we want to do that um, if this podcast really gets off, like we could really do these things. So please hop on there, hop on the Patreon. Like I said, I want to provide y'all with more things. So get on there and do that. Um, And also just, I'd like more feedback. Um, I like when y'all have questions for me. I love when y'all push back. Um, I'm mad that y'all are still drinking water all the time. Like, <laughs> I just really want people that like, I want to invite, why are you still drinking water? If you already listened to our episodes, <laughs> you know, that's our most listened to episode, by the way. And y'all are still walking around with water bottles. <laughs> like y'all haven't been asking me questions about infusions, like, I, I don't I don't understand so yeah let me know <laughs> why y'all are so invested so <laughs> he's just laughing at me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. we just trying to make a world where nobody's ashy like <laughs> but y'all out here out here during the winter just <laughs> extracting minerals from your body <laughs> moisture <laughs> girl mm, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with your people and giving us a little peek into how this work got off the ground mm-hmm. and uh, now we are going to move into bougie auntie word of advice <laughs> Um, you got some advice for, for the listeners today. Oh, I do. <laughs> yes, they're armed with the word. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Whew. Um, yeah. So I just want to offer y'all <clears throat> what Asia calls non-dualism. I want to offer y'all an opportunity to try on things not being right or wrong, things being black or white, 
Um, I want y'all to explore the in-between. And if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But um, I found that I grew up assigning morality to many a things that didn't need to be assigned morality to. And it prevented me from fully experiencing the things. So as I get older, um, I, wow, I have a breadth of knowledge and experience because I allowed myself to just be and not assign character flaws or whatever because I feel this way or because I acted this way. I was just being me and that's okay. So being me and it's okay um, has been a really empowering way to live. And I want to offer y'all the same. Yes. <laughs> I got a name that like Karina's ministry because Karina has a ministry and it's a subtle ministry because she's also a sacred clown in case y'all haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> but like trying on like, what would Karina do and trying on that like it's okay and it's been a lot of, of decolonization um, not only from religion but also from the religion of activism that has me be able to be with things as they are um, so I want to thank you for holding down that frequency um, I got you <laughs> Thanks, Bay. Um, and and just thinking about like what I don't know if I have a if I have a a word of advice. I mean, hearing your story uh, and hearing all the times I came up, I didn't I didn't realize like that like that I have been contributing to you in the same way that you have been contributing to me in my world. Mm-hmm. Um. And so like, I have this story of like, you know, you flying in and saving my life, like every time, (laughs) like after you came back from the DR, like you came back to Denver and helped me to start Five Points Fermentation Mm -hmm. when I was like curled up in a ball kind of thing. (laughs) So it's just really beautiful. I think what I want to offer um, is a process of falling apart. Um, Karina and I have created a container in our relationship where falling apart completely is like an act of surrendering to the love that we share with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and it's from that place of falling apart that we are really able to kind of construct new realities and move forward in ways that we've never seen before. And so I want to encourage you to experiment with what it's like to to give it up um, and to find and to be with and to make a safe space of a relationship where you don't have to perform where you can just be shit show (laughs) just just see what it's like to be a shit show for a day Mm -hmm. um, and see what comes from it I think that that, that level of vulnerability is, um, for me, a person who is highly controlled and self-regulated, like my most sacred thing is being able to, to not be perfect in, in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 
in our relationship, it's crazy because when we're our most vulnerable with each other, like it's always transformed into creative energy. Mm. Like we always create something real cool after we're really vulnerable. Like every time, every time. <laughs> Those times that I was talking about, I mean, I was like, I don't know what to do. I just, <laughs> from there we create something really cool. So I think, yeah, just to piggyback off of that, you know, if it's in an amazing container, you're going to create really cool stuff when you fall apart you'll be able to recycle that <laughs> and make some really cool stuff. I love that. It's the, the process of osteoblasts and osteoclasts, right? Yeah. Like we're building, we're building bones in this bitch. Like <laughs> that's, cool. that's right. We started with bone broth and now we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be in a relationship that can stand the test of time. And yeah, so thanks for sharing with us, Bay, a little bit about yourself. And we are all looking forward to the unfolding process that is that is real time. I can't wait to get back in the booth with you. <laughs> Hopefully soon hopefully soon yeah thank y'all again for listening yet once again don't forget to follow us on the instagrams and follow asia at bones bugs and botany and don't forget to support her patreon because as i would love to reiterate asia's writing a book so support your girl rent don't pay itself amen Amen. <laughs> and also follow us on Petty Herbalist and also patreon.com slash Petty Herbalist because you know the Patreon supports this podcast and this podcast don't happen for free because this takes up time. You know what I'm saying? So we appreciate y'all for your support and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace, y'all. Bye.